0: a preaching service we don't want brother Krim to feel uh, nervous or pressured in any way but i did feel to have him be the speaker Amen. take something from the scripture his testimony yeah. and i think we're going to really enjoy that yeah. let's not give him a blank look yeah. you know and a sad look or some dragging uh, spirit we're, we're going to have a little dessert after but we're gonna give him a, f- a little bit of time to speak to us. I think we're really gonna enjoy it. Amen. So let's welcome Brother Karim Sheripov tonight. <laughs> Amen. Praise God, wonderful. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Praise God. I am nervous. Gotta get a few things set up here. <laughs> just wanna thank you all for coming here uh, and allowing me to talk in front of you guys. It was brother John and brother Steve asked me about like two weeks ago if I wanted to do this, and back then it sounded like a good idea. And now today <laughs> it's the worst idea ever. Uh, but I just wanna thank them for giving me this opportunity. I wanna thank God for you know saving my life and changing me. I want to thank you all for being here. Thank you for the sisters who prepared all this food. I didn't get to eat much of it, and that's probably for the better. Um, but yeah, I just, I just have, I just want to share a little bit of what uh, God's done for me. Uh, read a little scripture. I mean, it's actually a little bit of a long scripture, but it's because it's a really good one. Um, and uh, hopefully, hopefully you guys are, you know, edified. I guess I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. What, I don't know what I'm supposed to say here, honestly. Uh, so it's uh, Psalm 78, uh, it's 1 through 42, it's a lot, but it's very good, so I just, I, I just wanted to share it real quick, and then, and then we'll go into it. Mm-hmm. Give ear, O my people, to my law, <laughs> incline your ears to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth in a parable, I will utter dark sayings, sayings of old, which we have heard and known, and our fathers have told us. We will not hide them from their children, showing to the generation showing to the generation to come the praises of the Lord and his strength and his wonderful works that he hath done. For he hath established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a new law in Israel, which he commanded our fathers that they should make them known to their children, that the generation to come might know them, even the children which should be born, who should arise and declare them to their children, that they might set their hope in God and not forget the works of God, but keep his commandments and might not be as their fathers a stubborn and rebellious generation, a generation that set not their heart aright, and whose spirit was not steadfast with God. The children of Ephraim, being armed and carrying bows, turned back in the day of battle. They kept not the covenant of God, and refused to walk in His law, and forgot His works and His wonders that He had showed them. Marvelous things did He in the sight of their fathers, in the land of Egypt, and in the field of Zoan. He divided the sea and caused them to pass through, he made the waters to stand as a heap. In the daytime also he led them with the cloud, and at night with the light of fire. Amen. He clave the rocks to, in the wilderness and gave them drink as out of the great depths. Yes. He brought streams also out of the rock and caused many waters to run like rivers. Mm. And they sinned yet more against him by provoking the Most High in the wilderness. Mm. They tempted God in their heart by asking for meat for their lust. Yet they spake against God. They said, "Can God furnish a table in the wilderness?" Behold, he smote a rock that the waters gushed out and the streams overflowed. Can he give bread also? Can he provide flesh for his people? Therefore the Lord heard this and was wroth. So a fire was kindled against Jacob and also came up against Israel. Because they believed not in God and trusted not in his salvation, though he had commanded the clouds from above and opened the doors of heaven, he had rained down manna upon them to eat and had given them of the corn of heaven. Man did eat angels' food. He sent them meat to the full. He caused an east wind to blow in the heaven, and by his power he brought in the south wind. He rained flesh up also upon them as dust, and feathered fowls like as the sand of the sea. And he let it fall in the midst of their camp, round about their habitations. So they did eat and were well filled, for he gave them their own desire. They were not estranged from their lust, but with but while their meat was yet in their, mouth, in their mouth, the wrath of God came upon them and slew the fattest of them, and smote down the chosen men of Israel. For, for all they had sinned still, and believed not of his, of, for his wondrous works. Therefore their days did he consume in vanity, and their years in trouble. When he slew them, then they saw him, then they returned and required early after God. And they remembered that God was their rock, and the high, high God their redeemer. And this part I have it underlined just because of how it reminds me of my life and a lot of us, you know. Nevertheless, they did flatter him with their mouth and they lied unto him with their tongues for their heart was not right with him neither were they steadfast in his covenant but he, being full of compassion forgave their iniquity and destroyed them not yea, many a time he turned his anger away and did not stir up all his wrath for he remembered that they were but flesh a wind that passeth away and cometh not again how oft did they provoke him in the wilderness and grieve him in the desert, yet they turned back and tempted God and limited the Holy One of Israel. They remembered not his hand, nor the day when he delivered them from the enemy." And that just kind of reminds me of you know, our lives and the amount of times that we've forsaken God and turned away from him and he still has grace and mercy for us. Yeah, Let's just uh, pray before I say anything. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, for gathering us here today, Lord God, as friends, as family, Lord God, so we can fellowship about you, Father. Lord, I pray that you would just take any nerves away, Lord God, give me clear thoughts, Lord God, so that I can just say what you've done in my life, Lord God, and my family, and how you've blessed us, Lord God, how you've changed us, Lord. I thank you, Lord, for your goodness, your mercy, your grace, Lord. Just be with us, Father. We love you. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus Christ's name. Amen. So, these last two weeks, I've been listening to messages, reading the Bible, trying to get into it. I'm like, here we go. And I was expecting, you know, a lightning bolt to come down and give me a message or something, and nothing was coming. And this last week, I was stressing pretty hard. I was getting distracted. I I couldn't focus. And today, I was just like, I have to. I have to. I have to come up with something. (laughs) It was today that I came up with everything. I had something written down early. I didn't like it. Um, but even today, like distracted. I was like vacuuming, cleaning the house, things I don't usually do. <laughs> and fi- finally, I actually got down to it. I was able to write something down, and I was practicing in front of Mila's dolls. And man, that crowd, that crowd is, that crowd is tough. Cold, dead, and formal, man, I tell you. But uh, anyways, I just kind of want to go into where I guess where it kind of started, and that started with my parents. They were uh, saved, and they uh, believed the message in I think it was 1998, that's when they got baptized in Cloverdale. And my earliest memories of that was them packing us in the van, driving two and a half hours every single Sunday and Wednesday for church. And I just remember doing that for years and years, and then eventually um, we started having house meetings, and then we had, as we had more and more believers coming in, um, we ended up getting a church and uh, we were with uh, Brother DDA for a while, um, so that was that, that. was my early memories of the, of the. I mean, of, of the. I guess of message. I guess of the church, um, and I remember starting school and uh, going to you know elementary school. How you start and uh, talking. I mean, just you know, conversing with people. You know, as you do as a child. And I remember like. I remember just weird things that I would tell them, like, because, I mean, once you learn about the message, you start telling them, like, oh, California's going to go into the ocean, God sent a prophet, and Russia's going to blow up the entire world. And, like, as an eight-year-old, kids are like, what is this kid talking about? But, I mean, those are just things that I knew. Those are things that people told me, and that's just what, I mean, that's all I knew. But, I mean, deep down inside, there was, I knew that there was truth to this, and I knew, I mean, that this is i some some i guess it's hard to explain but something deep down inside you know this is the right way and um i remember going into like a middle school and that's when it got a little bit more tough you could tell that you're different from other people when they'd look at you different they or you'd be sitting there by yourself praying for your food and nobody ever does that cuz we went to an element when our elementary school it was a christian school so you prayed for your food but as soon as you got into, as soon as we got into middle school it was public and uh that's That's just not what people do, you know? So I could definitely, that's when I started really noticing the differences between us and different people. And um, it was definitely tough. It was a lot harder than, I mean, I I can't imagine doing that. I can't imagine for kids nowadays. Like, it's 10 times, 100 times harder than it was back then. But um, those are just my early memories of it. And uh, I remember when I was 13 years old, that's when I uh, decided to get baptized. It was, uh, we were having just a camp meeting. It was my first year at senior camp. We had Brother Don, uh, Don, not Donnie, uh, Brother Danny Steeman and Brother Aaron McGeary preaching. Uh-huh. They had really good services. I went back to listen to them, um, just to kind of get an idea of what was going through my head at the time. Uh, Brother Danny preached a service, uh, uh, anointed to receive, and Brother Aaron spoke uh, on Only Believe, and two very, very simple services, ser- uh, sermons, but very deep, and it was very good, just how simple it can, can actually be, be, it's just we just believe, you know? That's, I mean, as simple as it is, that's, what it, that's, that's, that's the core of it. And uh, by the end of it, I think it was Saturday night, uh, I was just watching the service, and at the very end, uh, I got a, there was a clip of me walking up, 13 years old, and uh, our dear brother John, I mean, you can't see it. It's a very pixelated photo, but that's me right there, brother John praying for me. Pray. And it's just, it was good to see, because I didn't even remember that, but then I, as, as I saw this, it came back to me, and I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot, it was brother John. And then he was able to baptize me as well the next day. So that's kind of weird, guys. It's not that cute. okay? Uh, but, yeah. Um, and, that, I mean, it's just, it's, it's just cool to see that, you know, like years years ago, you have this man pray for you that you just kind of know, and now he's your pastor. So it's just, I don't know, it's just God working. Amen. Um, but yeah, after after getting baptized, I remember that was a that was a very real moment for me because um, there wasn't there wasn't any mo- emotion involved. Like when you, I was watching the service, and it wasn't like a time where like you know they're having an altar call and all these kids were going up there and crying out and repenting or whatever. Um, it was a, it was very like like the music they were playing. It wasn't like a super emotional music, and I remember just going up and it was just like it, it felt real. It didn't feel like emotion. And I remember from then I was different because I remember I'd be hanging out with friends and uh, I had lots of mischievous friends. We'd go to stores and they'd try to, like, steal stuff. I remember we went to the dollar store and they, like, stole a piece of candy and I would, I'd condemn them. I'd be like, hey, guys, you can't steal. This is bad. Put it back. And one time I got one of my friends to literally walk all the way back to return the piece of candy. They always called me goody-two-shoes, but I was, hey, you know, what can I say? It was the Holy Spirit. It wasn't me. But, um... Those are just some of the memories I had as younger. And then as you get older, start going to high school, start making the wrong friends. Um, and I remember there was always a battle. It's like school year, you're going to school, you're, you're, you know you're not living right, you're doing the wrong things, and then summer comes around, it's like you get a little bit of peace, you go to camp, you feel kind of refreshed, and then it's kind of like a cycle, and it happened for years and years and years. Um, and then I think it just gets to a point where if you don't make a decision for God, then you're making a decision for the devil. And that's kind of just, that's just kind of what happened with my life. I, there was a, it's a quote of Brother Branham. Um, He said, uh, it's an only uh, believing God. And the only thing that kept me from being saved when I was 12 years old, because, because a spirit hung over me, a devil saying, wait a little longer. That's the reason you were, you wasn't saved when you, when you become the age of accountability. A spirit you got, a, you got in a crowd that was, and that hovered over you, and kept hanging over you. You wanted to do right. There's not a man that's got his right mind, but wants to do right. But there's something that won't let you do right. Is that right? That's the devil. And that's just what it was for me. I, it's just wanting to do right, trying my best. I remember I'd be up on my bunk bed, just crying out to God, like, God, why can't I be different? Why can't I? Why am I doing these bad things? I don't understand. I don't want to go to hell. I didn't. I didn't understand, and it was just. I never truly had, you know. After camp, after getting baptized, I never had. I never started that walk with God. It was. It was just kind of. It just kind of dropped off. You. I didn't feed the right dog. You know. I didn't feed the white dog. It was just. I didn't give the Holy Spirit anything to feed on, and. I believe that that walk, that experience that you have with God is when you see him working in your life. You see him move things, change things in a way that you can't possibly imagine healing you, healing other, seeing other people being healed. Because I remember just seeing people you know, around me being healed and, oh, there's a miracle happened here, this person did this. But it doesn't become real until it obviously happens in your life. And that's just what I was missing. Um, and so that's just, I mean... If you don't have, I mean, obviously, if you don't have that experience, it's going to be, you're not, you're, it's not going to be, it's not going to be interesting to you. For me now, like seeing the way God moves and does things in our church and even in my life, the amount of times He's healed me, um, it's just, it, it makes you want Him more, makes you yeah. want more of Him. I've had multiple testimonies of God healing me. I've had a, a very bad gut issue where anything I ate, I just throw it up, would throw it up, would throw it up. And then uh, we had a brother come and preach for us. Something tugged on my heart. It went up, and he—I uh, wish I—I I, I didn't get the quote, but um, oh, it's not a quote; it's a scripture. But it's—it's it's along the lines of God doesn't want you to be in a sick body. He doesn't want you to be sick. He wants you to be g- g- good in health. And um, I think he mentioned something like that to me, and then I just believed. And I remember, like, since then, I haven't had an issue, except for one time it came back again, and I decided to like, hey, man, it was the worst time. I was out on Lummie Island. I was detailing a car. I just ate some food, ate some lunch, and it hit me so hard. And I don't want to throw up because I knew if I threw up, it felt like I was gonna, you know, I was just giving up. So I held on to it for like eight hours and battled with it all night. It was the worst pain I've gone through. And by the end of it, in the morning, I woke up feeling fine, and I haven't had a problem since. So. There was also a time, I mean, many of you guys saw when we'd play volleyball, I'd have a, uh, what's it called, a thing on my knee, a wrap, some a knee brace, yeah, because I had a weak knee. I've had a weak knee since I couldn't even remember. And it was just, it's one of those things, it's like, because you've had it for so long, you don't think that there's any chance of it going away. Like, it's just, oh, this is a part of me, this is a part of my body, like, why would God, like, it, for me, there's like some kind of weird disconnect, and it's obviously just the devil lying to you, making think, like, oh, this is so impossible for you to have. And just, I at one point, I just, I just decided to believe. And after many times, many times, like, I'd just go play volleyball. My knee would hurt. I'd, I'd have trouble walking around. And then just one day I noticed, like, I haven't had any pain. And it's been, like, weeks since I've had pain. And it's just Amen. God healing. And it's just, it's things like that. That's what, you know, builds your faith. It makes you stronger, having that walk. So yeah. I encourage every young person here, don't let the devil lie to you because that's what he's really good at. Yeah. He'll make you think that you don't, you know. God doesn't love you. He, you, you don't deserve healing, you don't deserve a walk with God, but it's the best thing in the world when you get that walk with God. You, you're in his word, you're praying, you're, you're talking with him. It's, it's, yes. a, it's a beautiful relationship. Amen. And uh, I guess I'll, I'll go into uh, how God got a hold of my life. It was, uh, well, for since probably like I was 15 years old, that's when I started really struggling with my life. Uh, made made the w- wrong friends. Uh, went out and started slowly. Stopped coming to church, um, and I think when you're when you're out of that atmosphere, that's I mean that's the worst that you could do for yourself. Even if I I, I, I don't know, might be backwards to say, but um, even like if you're if you if you're going to church and you don't believe or you believe but you just you're not living the right way. I still think it's way better to be in church than rather than yeah. rather than out in the world. Yeah. Like even if you're yeah. being a make believer or fake whatever you want to call it, I'd rather you be in church than somewhere out there, because right. then you're at least giving God a chance to get a hold of your life. Amen. Yeah. But yeah, anyways, for probably five or six years of my life, slowly went downhill, got farther and farther away from God. I tried to you know tried to do it on my own, thought I could figure it out, and. That's obviously my, the biggest mistake, is when you think you can do it on your own. And I guess God knew that. God knew what path I decided to take, and he knew what it would take to humble me. And it took years and years, um, but through years and years of, like, addiction to video games, al- not alcohol, weed, uh, bad friends, bad music, um, just all the wrong things, um... And I remember trying, trying so hard to quit these things. I remember trying so hard. I'd read all the self-help books. I'd, I'd watch all the videos about how you can meditate and get rid of this and get rid of that, and none of it works. None of it works. You'll waste your life. You'll waste your life trying. You might, you might get it for 30 days, might get it for two months, but then you'll have one bad day, and then it all resets. And, so that, and then the devil really had a hold in my life like that. I remember even having a conversation with Shannon because at that point I had like, probably like five years into, like, depression and anxiety, and you're so full of it that you don't understand that there's a way out. You think the way that I was, like, through medication or, or therapy, and I mean, maybe those things work, I don't know, but I remember having that conversation with Shannon. I was like, maybe I need to go to therapy. Like, I, I, I just, I can't get rid of this depression. I don't know what to do, and it didn't even, like, come to my mind that, we know a God that, you know, could save you, yeah. that could get rid of those yeah. things. And it's like, that's just how the devil gets you. He gets you so yeah. far down, so far deep that you, yeah. you can't possibly find a way out. And, yeah, it's just God's grace and mercy. So, I, yeah. Anyways, um, yeah, it just went down the road of just struggle after struggle, trying to win, and you just, you just can't. And we went through lots of trials. Shannon had her big car accident, and I thought maybe it was then that, like, we'd turn our lives around because we both weren't serving the Lord the way we should have been. And I remember, I was thinking, maybe this is it. Maybe this is what it's going to take for us to turn around. And even then, that wasn't enough. Um, we, I mean, I at least, it was obviously my fault. And, you know, the man in the relationship should be taking that part of, the, I guess, being more accountable like that. And I, I I I always had trouble of letting things go. I I. There's certain things, it's like I want. I was just halfway in, halfway out, wanted a little bit of this, but also wanted God. I also wanted the benefits. Because I remember sometimes going to church with my parents, and it's like you're so full of garbage in your head, but you still get that peace when you get into God's presence. You still feel the peace, and that's what I wanted, but I didn't want to give up my lifestyle. And slowly, after, uh, over time, I, I made more and more mistakes, and then one day I got to a point where, um, I mean, it's just... It's just the Lord, or 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 you're or you're done, and I I I don't know I don't know what happened. I just made the wrong decisions, and um, I I don't want to go too far into it. If you guys obviously want to know a little bit more, I could tell you, it's, it's a little, it's personal. But um, I pretty much essentially, I mean, I'll give you a little bit of what happened. I uh, I I decided to smoke. This was the, this was the last time I smoked. It was I decided I decided like hey I was gonna go you know just hang out with some friends. And I decided to smoke, and it was weed. And it, something in my brain, like, flicked. I don't know what happened. I had a mental breakdown. I just, everything went out the window. I thought God was fake. I thought my family was fake. Nothing was real. I lost all sense of reality. I think it's called psychosis or something. But it was, it was really bad. And for two weeks, this was, I think, a month before our wedding. A month before Shannon and I have a wedding, I'm having a complete mental breakdown. And it was, I mean, it was just horrible. You just completely lost, like, uh, to think, uh, to live a life without God is the scary, like, I think that's, I think that's the definition of hell, is separation yeah. from God, that's pretty much what it was for me, it was hell, because it's like two weeks of, like, you just don't feel anything, it was the, the m- most horrible feeling, and I would never wish it upon anybody, um, I remember Lisa was telling us that she was holding our marriage contract, and she was praying, because she didn't know what was going to happen, um, because, I mean, I was just, I mean, I was going crazy, and, um, and then one day I was just working, uh, mowing the lawn, and uh, my dad texted me and told me to listen to uh, a man sent from God. And it was just the, the life story of Brother Branham. And I have no idea why I would have even chosen to listen to it, because at that point I hadn't, I hadn't been going to church, I hadn't been serving God at all. Like I don't know what made me decide to listen to it, but I was like, okay, fine, I'll listen to it. And I started listening to it, and as it's going through... Um, I, I, I've looked back in the, in the book, I've read it, I've gone online, I've searched, I've tried to do everything I could find, but I, I've not been able to find it. I even went back to the same place where it happened to me, and I'm listening to it, and I'm like, all right, here, it's going to happen here, It's gonna and it never happens. But well, I, I, a voice came from somewhere, and it said, the devil's been lying to you. This is like, I, 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 don't, even, I don't even remember what exactly all well it said, but that's, that was the gist of it. It was the devil's been lying to you. And then right. snapped out of it, instantly came back, it was like, The biggest burden got lifted off my shoulders. I I remember just, I was like there, moaned crying as I'm like working. I'm like, I don't even know what just happened. But I mean, ever since then, man, I was, it's like, it was such a hunger. I, I have no way to express it. I like every single day, nonstop, I was just listening to messages. I was listening to preaching, anything I could. I was reading my Bible. I was like so insanely hungry. And I just, I couldn't stop. I started driving down to brother, um, the church down in Seattle just because I, I was like, I have to go to church. I need to go to church. And I started doing that. And I remember it just, it would have been really hard. It wouldn't have, I don't think it would have worked out. Maybe, I, I, I mean, I don't know. Um, it was definitely tough because at that, that time, Shannon wasn't serving God. And it was a little bit tough, you know, trying to convince her to go down and stuff like that because it's just two hours. But thanks be to God, brother, he sent Brother John, opened up a church, and it was a perfect opportunity for us and yeah God has just been working and been moving and it's like there's so many things that I've had the opportunity to do that I never thought I'd get to do I mean I got to go to India that was like the craziest thing I never thought that because I always liked video I like videography I like like you guys saw that video like video editing that's like passions of mine that I like to do but I never thought I'd have a chance to do it the only time I ever did it was when I was young and I was like making YouTube videos or something, and they were dumb, but I never thought I'd be able to actually use it for something good. And, like, just the way God works and gives me this opportunity to make this video, it's like, it was such a blessing. Uh, and just, I mean, yeah, I wish I had more to, I mean, I, there's, there's a lot to say about India, but that's just, that was, for me, that was one of my highs because that's just something I really enjoyed doing, and it was just a blessing to be able to do something like that. I mean, all, all praise be to God for, I mean, there's no way to, there's no other way to say it. But i mean i uh there's a lot more that I can go into, but I mean that's just that's essentially what you know what the Lord did for me he he got He had to get me to the very point where I had nothing left uh, there was no, there was nowhere to turn i had I felt completely alone, but that's when God saved me and I pray that young people nowadays, whoever's listening, don't <laughs> allow yourself to get to that point because you're you're hurting your family, you're hurting yourself you're you're giving yourself, like, scars for no reason. Because uh, the devil, uh, I, as they say, the sin will take you farther than you want to go and keep you longer than you want to stay. And that's, that's so true. It's, I pray that the young people nowadays would, you know, just be more, just be smarter than me. <laughs> just don't, don't think that you, you've got it figured out, because believe me, you don't. You don't have it figured out. Give it to God, and he will do things for you that you, you would have never thought you would have been able to do. Amen. And I mean, that's, I mean when I, when I first came back, I thought, man, I thought life was so easy. Because I believe when you come back and God saves you, he, he, makes, he takes it a little bit easy on you at first. You know, he gives you blessings, he takes care of you. And I thought I had it figured out. I was like, wow, we just got a house. I quit my job. My business is going good. I was like, man, I don't know why people are complaining about life. This is easy. <laughs> And then slowly, as the, as the time went on, the trials came. Like, okay, well, now I know what people are talking about. But it's been good since then. And God, I mean, through the trials, God, God takes you through it all. I mean, it's just been amazing. I say, if you're a young person or old person, doesn't matter who you are, give it all to God. It's as so simple as that. Just give your life to God, and you'll be shocked at what he can do with it and what he can do with you. That's, that's what I want to keep doing is just surrendering myself more. Doing what I can to serve him because I've wasted so much time and I got I got a lot of time to catch up on. So, thank you everybody. God bless you all. And uh, I just I just want to thank you all for for praying for me because I know I know I, I mean I don't know who all was praying for me at the time. I know there's been brothers and sisters. I know brothers and sisters in Cloverdale who've been praying for me too or praying for me way back then. They I just want I just want to thank you all for keeping my family in your prayers. I keep you guys in my prayers. I love you guys. I never thought I'd be a part of such an amazing like, community, part of such a, such a group, because I never honestly felt like I ever had that. Growing up, uh, just the churches that we went to, I never felt like I had a home church. This one feels like a real, real home church, and it's just it's amazing. So, thank you, everybody. Amen.